in your Bibles this morning, the book of Luke, chapter number 4, Luke chapter number 4, and we're going to look at two verses this morning. And I'm going to start with this question, where did the Apostle Peter get his start? Where did the Apostle Peter get his start? And we find and meet him, as far as I know, for the very first time in the Bible, in Luke chapter number 4. And verse number 38, Luke chapter 4 and verse number 38. In chapter number 5, we're going to meet uh, Simon Peter, and he's going to be fishing, and the Lord is going to ask use of his boat, and the Lord is going to encourage him to cast his net on the other side, and he's going to bring in this great draw to fishes. And from that point forward, he's going to be the fisher of men instead of the fisher of fish. But in chapter number 4 and verse number 38, we meet Simon at Simon's house, and Jesus is going to stop by at the perfect time. Jesus is going to stop by at the perfect time. The Bible says in Luke chapter number 4 and verse number 38, He arose out of the synagogue, Jesus, and entered into Simon's house. And Simon's wife's mother was taken with a great fever, and they besought him for her. And he stood over her and rebuked the fever. And it left her, and immediately she arose and ministered unto him. A little couple verses there with an interesting side note, and some things I hope will be a help to you this morning. Just the, the story in summary, uh, we see Jesus is at work. Jesus has actually just been to the synagogue and read from the book of Isaiah that shows him as the Messiah, and he claims to be the Messiah. He's been ran out of the synagogue. And he's doing and beginning his earthly ministry. When he gets to uh, the uh, when he gets to Simon's house, uh, they go in, and Simon's mother-in-law is very, very sick. And I'll tell you, this is an interesting passage of scripture. This actually proves from the Bible that there is a use for a mother-in-law, if you can imagine that. And uh, uh, just I can't believe it. I've got a mother-in-law joke for you. You ready? Mother-in-laws are angels. Did you know that? They're always up in the air harping about something. And, oh, it's terrible, isn't it? And I love my mother-in-law. Don't tell her. She's not in here this morning. Actually, she's a little under the weather to be praying for. And, uh, but uh, we see here God's going to use uh, sickness, worry. Uh, he's going to use it to get the ball rolling in Simon Peter's life. And it's exciting to see where he gets his start and some things I know that will help us. So we see here that Simon's there in Simon's house. His, Peter's mother-in-law is sick. Uh, she has a great fever. Now, I'll just tell you, at this moment in time, if you had a fever, you had a problem. You're battling with infection. Now, there's all kinds of stuff to be thankful for, but something we should be very, very thankful for is that there is such thing as antibiotics. I'm thankful for that. I understand you can take too many and all that kind of stuff, and, but I am very thankful for antibiotics. Can you imagine living in a time where if your kids got strep throat, it became something that you had to be scared even to death about uh, because they, uh, they could... They couldn't, potentially couldn't get through it. And we've got these many things to be thankful for. But in this moment, it was a scary time. Simon's mother-in-law was sick, sick unto death, had a fever. Jesus comes to the house and they ask Jesus to work on her behalf. They ask Jesus to bless. And the Bible says that Jesus stood over her and rebuked the fever. And the scripture says that it left her. And just like that, boom, she's better. 
It left her. And then the Bible concludes with an interesting statement, this little scene. Immediately she arose and ministered unto them. Immediately she arose and ministered unto him. Today's message is titled this, Simon's House. Simon's house. It's interesting to take a look and a little glimpse inside of Simon's house. The first thing that's fascinating to me about Simon's house is Simon was married. Uh, Simon Peter was married. He had a wife and he had a mother-in-law. Then we take another glimpse into Simon's house. In his house, they they welcomed Jesus. I think it's very important. But in Simon's house, this is the beginning of a ministry that would produce many miracles and lots of ministry and ministering and a lot of faithful service. This is the beginning point for Peter and his family. And it started in his house. We'll see Peter in the very near future uh, be part of a miracle when he brings in that great draw to fishes. It won't be long until we'll see Peter in that great miracle when in faith and by faith he walks on the water towards Jesus until he takes his eyes off Christ and begins to sink. We'll watch Peter in the near future. We'll watch him in a time where he's not doing exactly good, not right at all. And in fear, he takes a sword and whacks off Malchus's ear. But Jesus is going to come in in that moment and put that guy's ear back on. Simon's life is surrounded by miracles and service. After Jesus dies on the cross, is buried, and three days later rises from the dead, we're going to watch and see God use Simon in a mighty way. It's going to begin on the day that he goes to the temple to pray, and there's a lame man there that's been there for years and God is going to use him in order to help bring that man to healing and the healing the man's going to walk and leap and praise God through the temple and Peter when the crowd gathers he's going to be used of God to preach a message and thousands of people are going to be saved and the same thing is going to be repeated in just a couple more days and God's going to use him big time God's going to use him to write two books of the New Testament and it's exciting but where did he get his start it started in Simon's house And when I think about this, I think about uh, how important it is that our homes are places where Jesus is welcome. When I think about this, I'm reminded that that we need to be reminded that our homes are places where prayer needs to have a priority. Our homes are places where we need to be serving one another. And when we look at this passage of Scripture, it's in Simon's home, Simon's house, where the ministry of Simon Peter begins And it's not just because of Simon. We'll see that his mother-in-law, someone we don't know her name, someone we never hear about ever again, but God is going to use her to and Jesus, primarily Jesus, Jesus and her, to impact his life and begin his following of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, what a great story. Simon's house this morning is the message title. But the first thing I want to bring to your attention, number one, is sickness. Look at the Bible says in verse 38. And he arose out of the synagogue and entered into Simon's house. And Simon's wife's mother was taken with a great fever. And they besought him for her. This was a scary moment in Simon's house. Sickness. This was a time where they fought and they were worried and concerned that she may not make it. Sickness. Now, I'll tell you something about sickness. Sickness is always temporary. I don't want to be calloused and cold because I'm not at all. But sickness is something 
that God can and will and desires to use. And I'm just going to tell you right now, I don't know all the whys and hows and whos and the purposes of God in sickness. But I do know that all through the Bible we see stories of God using sickness and trouble and storms and difficulties in the lives of his people in order to make them better and to help others and help future generations. And sickness is a tool in the hand of God. Charles Spurgeon said this. I thought it was pretty interesting. The love of our wise father is too great to deprive us the benefits of affliction. How many of you have been through difficulty, great difficulty in your Christian life? And while it was going on, you thought, oh, my lands, this is awful. This is the end of the world. But now that this, the time has passed and you've been able to reflect, you can see that God used the sickness, God used the storm, God used the trouble to help you. How many of you have ever been that way? Me too. Me too. I'm not telling you this to make everything go away and you feel better immediately. I know better. But I am telling you this, that if you're battling with sickness and storms and trouble and difficulty right now, and most of us are, and some of us with varying degrees, and some of us, it's at the very peak and it's at the worst. I want to remind you of something. God has a purpose in the storms, in the sickness, and the burdens that you bear. And if you'll look for Jesus in the midst of your trouble, you'll find out he'll help you, he'll bless you, he'll meet your need. Sickness. Sickness. My heart breaks for folks in this room right now who've been battling with sickness and even death this week. I know you. I'm praying for you. I'm asking the Lord to help you. You see, the devil wants you to respond to the difficulty that you're facing with bitterness and anger and resentment towards God. Oh, the devil loves to take trouble and make people angry. But I'll have you know something. The Lord has the ability and character in order to take what the devil means to destroy you with and make it a blessing in your life and the lives of the people around you. You see, the sickness in Simon Peter's house on this particular day would be the catalyst and the beginning of what God would do in Simon's life. It was the first time Simon saw, wow, I can trust God. Wow, God is almighty. Wow, I can believe. I can rest. I can trust the Lord. You see, sickness is what drove him to pray. Sickness, number one, sickness. Number two, prayer. Prayer, sickness drove them to pray. Look what the Bible says in verse number 38. The Bible says, Simon's wife's mother was taken with a great fever, and they besought him for her. It's a pretty simple way to say they prayed. Now, now Jesus was praying. I know what the critics want to say. The critics want to say, well, Jesus was there. It it would be easy to pray if Jesus was right there in the room with you. Wouldn't it be easy to look Jesus in the eyes and say, hey, would you please heal her? Let me tell you some sweet, sweet news. You know what Jesus said? He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. 
You know what the Bible teaches? That God is all present, everywhere present. And so if you need to look him in the eyes, you look him where you want to, and you're looking him right in the eyes because Jesus is with you right now. And we can pray. And prayer is something that we need to know is something that God wants to use. Prayer is important. You see, praying, I'll just be honest with you, prayer has been something that for, for many years in my early Christian experience, my early years of studying the Bible, prayer is something that kind of, man, this is kind of weird. Pray. And I, I've been just being honest. I'm like, can, can I change God's mind? I have that, that question. And then I, I, I pray for certain things. And the opposite happens. Does prayer really matter? Yet all through the Bible, you can't deny it. All through the Bible, God commands his people to pray. And it helps me. And I have to begin to think, well, what about prayer? What's the significance? I'm going to talk to you about prayer for just a moment. And I, this is something that helped me so much. Prayer, praying, we don't pray to impress God. You can't pray enough to impress God. God knows everything about you. I've come to grips with the fact I can't impress him. He knows everything about me. He just has to love me with all my boogers, and he does. Hallelujah. I don't pray to impress God. I don't pray to inform God. You know, what can I say to God that God doesn't know? Lord, I just wanted you to know this hangnail on my big thumb Right here, it really bothered me. But you know, God already knows about that. He already knows about the healing process. He, man, what can I tell God he doesn't know? I remember a story from my childhood of folks at a certain church requesting prayer for the people on the uh, soap operas. And they would tell everybody what's going on in the soap operas today and where we need to pray for them. You know, God already knows that. <laughs> we don't pray to inform God. Well, if I'm not impressing God and forming, why in the world do I pray? And I'm glad you ask. We pray to invite God. You see, prayer, and now I believe God hears and answers our prayers. I believe God is moved by our praying. To what extent we, God changes the, the course of events through our praying, I don't know. But I know that praying is when we invite God to have his will in our lives. Praying is when we submit to the faithfulness of God. Praying is when, Lord, I don't know what to do here. I need your direction. Lord, I don't know how, how to deal with this. I need your grace. Lord, I need you. I need you. I need you. Pray. Sometimes our praying is like a genie in the bottle. We want Jesus to pop out of the bottle and grant us our three wishes. And I'll tell you something. That may sound like a pretty good idea, man. Wouldn't it be great to have a genie in a bottle? I'll tell you what's better than having a genie in a bottle. You have a God who cares about you, that loves you, and is working things together for your good, and you can trust him. You see, the sickness in Simon's house led Simon and his family to call on God. They petitioned him for her. They said, Lord, please help her. Lord, we need you. Lord, grant our request. Lord, help us. And in this case, God worked a miracle. And she was healed. But they prayed. What's the opposite of sickness leads to praying? I'll tell you, sickness leads to depression. 
Sickness leads to bitterness. Sickness leads to resentment. Sickness leads to hatred. Sickness. Burdens lead to sinful behavior. And the devil says, ah, ha, ha, I got them. But God will use sickness when we were when we answer and respond to the burdens and the sickness and the storms, when we respond in prayer, Lord, we need you. Lord, we trust you. Lord, we know you're with us. God responds there and helps us. Oh, what a precious thing to watch a family call on Jesus. A family that's willing to pray for their own afflicted is a great treasure. Don't fall into the trap of In times of difficulty, becoming a critic of others, a gossip, a complainer, a fusser. Be a prayer. In Simon's house, their sickness led to praying. And number three, their praying led to miracles. Number three, their praying led to miracles. In this story, we have a sweet outcome. The Bible says uh, they besought him for her. In the end of verse 38 and verse 39, the Bible says, He stood over her and rebuked the fever and it left her. Hallelujah. Isn't that great news? Isn't that great news? One, we need to learn to rejoice when God blesses other people in ways he hasn't blessed us. That's kind of hard, isn't it? Sometimes when we see God blessing other people in ways he's not blessed us, we get want to get bitter. And that's the devil beginning to rear up in your heart. Don't fall into that trap. And when we see God answer their prayers, hallelujah, it's sweet. They healed her. God healed her. And you know something? There's still hope for healing in a lot of situations. And God is still in the healing business. And we can trust him. And we can seek him for it. And we can praise him. And trust him. And just pray and let God work. Praying led to miracles. But I'm confident of another thing. The miracles that we see in our lives aren't always the miracle of the person we prayed for is healed. Whatever happened to Simon Peter's mother-in-law, eventually she died. We know she's not still alive. Eventually something came along and she died. And uh, I don't say this with callous, I promise, because my heart breaks for those of you who are battling. I should say those of us who are battling. The miracle, the greatest miracle is not when God sends us healing. The greatest miracle is when God sends us grace to deal with whatever comes down the pike. You see, what's awesome is we can experience the miracle-working power of the Lord Jesus Christ while our loved ones are still going through the sickness. We can experience the miracle working and the power of God while the troubles are still roaring and raging all around us. We can rest in the Lord and God does a miracle. And I want to challenge you. Pray, pray, pray and give it to God and let God begin to work His grace and peace in your heart like only He can. You see, the sickness led to praying and the praying led to miracles, and the miracle is available even if it doesn't turn out the way you hoped. Now, I'm praying it turns out the way you hope. And you're praying that way too, and there's nothing wrong with it at all. 
But I'm just telling you right now, beginning this moment, you can experience the miracle of the peace of God. When you say, Lord, I'm just going to trust you with this. I'm going to expect and know that you're going to meet me at every turn of the way with every burden that I bear. Lord, I'm trusting you. The prayer leads to miracle. And the miracle is the peace of God in our hearts. The Bible says in verse 39, he stood over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. Oh, what a Savior. The miracle, finally, it leads to the ministry. Look at what the Bible says at the conclusion of verse 39. Look what mother-in-law does. He stood over her, rebuked the fever, and it left her. And immediately she arose and ministered unto them. What happened? Her mother-in-law was healed. She realized what God had done for her. And the Bible says immediately she had this heart. She's like, whoo, no fever. God's healed me. i got to serve people. Ministry. Minister. Uh, I talked to our kids this week at camp about the word minister. I began my message on one morning. I said, if you are a minister, would you please stand? And none of the kids, they're all looking around, looking for the preacher to stand up somewhere. I said, I said, I hope by the end of this message, you're going to understand what I just asked. Now, I promise, if somebody calls me reverend or minister or whatever they want to call me, I don't, some people come to me and said, how would you like for us to refer to you, Pastor Sturt? I'm like, I don't care what you call me. You can call me anything you want to. As far as I'm concerned, I'm just old Cody. But uh, you call me anything you want to, and we'll be good with it. But you see, reverend, if you know me very well, you know, that doesn't describe me quite perfectly, you know. Reverend, uh, uh, reverend. And, and I understand the respect. It's fine, whatever. But reverend, nah, minister, minister. Now, I don't mind if somebody refers to me as the minister at Chihuahua Baptist Church. I understand. But the bottom line is a minister is a servant. And I'll just tell you something. In a Christ-honoring, New Testament Bible-believing church like we're trying to be, it's not one minister. As a matter of fact, every one of you should have a heart to minister. And when we finished the message at, uh, at camp this week, most of the kids got at the conclusion of the, of the meeting of the, of the message. I said, would all the ministers please stand? And most of the kids who were paying attention stood their feet and they said, I'm a minister. I'm a servant of the Lord. I want to serve God. I want to serve other people. And so the Bible says here about Simon Peter's mother-in-law that as soon as she realized that God had rescued her, she stood up and began immediately to minister. You see, one of the signs that you know Jesus by faith is your Savior, God's going to put in your heart a desire to help and serve other people. You see, selfishness is not a characteristic of a spirit-filled person. And so here we see Simon Peter's mother-in-law in Simon's house. Sickness led to prayer. Prayer led to miracles. Miracles led to ministry. She's got up. She's like, you know what? God has done so much for me. I've got to do and serve other people. You know something that's amazing to me? There's lots of people who drown in their own misery. I don't want you to point fingers and unless you're pointing it right at yourself because I have seasons of that myself. You know what I know to be true? 
I know to be true that people who are dealing with the greatest misery in their own hearts, when they begin to serve other people and minister to other people, God somehow miraculously begins to lighten their load and lift their burden. You see, God has made us to be ministers. You're all ministers. Servants of other people, ministers of the gospel of Christ, pointing other people to the salvation that is found in Christ and Christ alone. Ministry. Simon's mother-in-law stood up and she's like, wow, God has done such a great work in my heart. I need to serve other people. You know what's amazing to me? It's Simon's watching this whole thing go down. This is unreal. What just happened? We prayed and Jesus worked. We were worried. We prayed. Jesus worked. Hallelujah. It's a miracle. And now, because of what God's done in my mother-in-law's heart, she wants to serve other people. I think that there's no doubt in the back of Peter's mind on the next day probably when he's been out fishing all night and Jesus says, cast your net on the other side and they bring in a draw to fishes and Jesus looks at him and says, from this point forward, buddy, you're going to be fishing for men. I can't help but believe that knowing what happened at his house the night before, he said, you know what? I think I'll serve Jesus with my life. You see, in Simon's home, in Simon's house, he watched God work. And because of what God did in the life of his mother-in-law, Simon rose to the occasion. You know, that encourages me. I want to be willing to let God use me. And I know I set myself up, but that's okay. Because I trust the Lord with it. If the Lord chooses to give me sickness in order that others will rise and serve the Lord and see the faithfulness of God, that's a good thing to take. And God trusts the greatest of people with the burdens to bear and to set the example of the faithfulness of God and the purpose of God and the ministry of Jesus Christ in serving others. Oh, it's sweet. You see, God used Peter's mother-in-law in order that Peter would step up and follow Christ and minister with his life. You see, in Simon's house on this particular day, God did a great work. And I pray you'll let the Lord use the storm, the sickness, the trouble that you bear to do a great work in the lives, in your life, in the lives of the people in your home, in the lives of the people around you. You see, that's what God wants to do. Simon's house, sickness, prayer, miracles, and ministry. And God used him in a big way, didn't he? Oh, what a mighty God we serve. Let's pray.